0: I've gotten much better at letting myself not feel guilty yeah. if I don't just am not feeling it on a particular day. I mean, if I'm on deadline, then I, I make myself do it, yeah. but there were times early on that I would, I would really feel guilty if I wasn't writing all the time or at least consistently every day Yeah, and not anymore. I just, because after a while you realize that time and time again, when you, when you do take those breaks, the creativity comes back or when you live your life.
1: Hello, hello, Darken the Page listeners. Um, thank you for your patience. I know I haven't posted in a while. I'm sitting at... i um, in my childhood bedroom in the town of Winchester, Massachusetts. I'm back home with my parents. And I'm here for a month. I'm really, really enjoying the time here. Um, the weather actually is really nice here in uh, November in Boston. Um, I'm... Um, I'm still working on writing, still working on darken the page. Um, I've actually got some cool people that I'm looking forward to interviewing coming up. So I'm still trying to post about once a month, although I haven't been really doing that all that well. Um, updates in my writing life. Um, I've been very unsuccessfully writing a book. Um, as some of you guys know, my, uh, My partner, Paula and I uh, broke up about four months ago. So we were married for about, well, in relationship for about four years and lived together. And it was just an incredible time in my life. I learned so much from that relationship. We grew a lot together. And I've been wanting to share a lot of those insights in a book. I've been wanting to write it all down and tell a lot of the stories. We have some crazy stories. And so I thought it'd be really fun to write a memoir And um, I've gotten into it and I said to myself, okay, it was like two weeks ago, I said, all right, you know what, I'm gonna write a 1,000 words a day and I'm gonna get this thing done in like three months. And I've just been busy with other things. I think the biggest thing that's come up is that I'm actually really needing to just focus on income right now. Um, And I I just can't give that my highest priority. I can give it like my second highest priority, but um, that's really not good enough for this book at this moment. Um, So it's kind of on hold, although it's still something I really like to do, especially while uh, the memories are fresh and all that kind of stuff is relevant for me. Um, So today's guest is uh, a new friend of mine. Her name's August McLaughlin. Uh, August and I met actually because I was interviewing her or we were uh, co-hosting for another podcast I do called Dude Panel Radio. So Dude Panels is a podcast about sex, love, relationships. Uh, it's me and my friend Obi, and we just talk to we talk about um, all these things. We answer questions from women. Try to talk about men. Give a man's perspective on things. And August has a podcast called Girl Boner Radio, which is really awesome. And she's um, she's very progressive in her views. Even though the where where Girl Boner came from is um, you know just the idea that that women can have a boner too kind of a metaphysical boner but it's um i really i just really enjoyed the conversation with her and then i found out after our interview and our conversation about sex and relationships and stuff like that that she's uh she's a writer and she's a fantastic writer and she's published several books and has been a full-time writer and has been writing um you know columns actually that was one of the things that i always learn a lot from the writers that i have on the show and from August, I really saw what was possible in writing full-time as a columnist, and that's still relevant today. She gets paid really good money to write um, as a columnist, and so that's something we talk about in the interview. Um, she's, again, she's written a couple books. Um, very, she's very uh, she's very great at uh, women's empowerment. Really appreciate that about her. And so we talk about writing process, um, insomnia all sorts of fun things and I think you really enjoy the interview again if you want to check out her her podcast and you're into um, the conversations about sexuality, women's empowerment that kind of thing Girl Boner Radio is where to go and if you want to hear her on Dude Panel Radio um, you can go to Dude Panel Radio I think it's episode maybe 119 I think uh, with that she's on with with me and we talk about sex and love and relationships and that kind of thing so without further ado actually well I'll, I'll do a little more further ado um I've been uh a, as you know I've been posting just kind of rarely but um the more I hear from people the more I want to post not saying that you need to egg me on but I'm just saying it helps and um I'm going to be doing some interviews here in the next couple months with people that I'm excited to to share with you guys but um you know the truth is like this show really helps me as a writer uh I'm I'm just as pathetic as anybody when it comes to needing inspiration and uh motivation. And so um so I really enjoy it and and um I've also been really enjoying doing the interviews in person. This is another in person interview. I wasn't doing it on Skype or anything. That's pretty much gonna be a rule from here on out. I'm just gonna do things in person. And um yeah, I'm um oh, and other news I'm actually I'm creating Um, some online courses for my blog and a few of them are going to involve writing Uh, I'm creating one right now called how to write great Facebook posts uh, that people like and share without being insufferable something like that, but it's turning out to be a fun thing so I'm looking forward to sharing that with Dark on the Page audience as well and yeah, okay that's enough ado so without any more ado uh, here's the interview with August McLaughlin So here I am again with uh, my friend August McLaughlin We just talked uh, about sexuality and a lot of other things on um, our co podcast which we kind of just did um, and I'm really yeah I was really pleased to to hear that you're a writer and I'm excited about talking about writing in the creative process Very I guess nice. my first question would be like are do you find are you know in what you, in what ways are you a geek about creativity because yeah. i find some writers you know some writers I, actually reads partner allison moon she said something that was funny when i interviewed her she was like you know talking about writing is like talking about masturbation like some people like most people just don't want to talk about how they do it you know something <laughs> <laughs> bad but some people do obviously <laughs> like us. Yeah. We like talking about both masturbating and writing probably but um yeah. So like what, in the, in the conversation around creativity, what, what things do you find yourself interested in or curious about or fascinated with?
0: I'm really fascinated by the emotional parts of it. Um, the motivation to write the authenticity as writers, you know, our, our personal journeys. I don't geek out much on the like technical parts of it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So more, what draws us into what we do and and what we hope to accomplish. For me, writing always has a purpose, and I love to explore what that means.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the pur- how your. I'm guessing the purpose also kind of evolved over time. Maybe kind of weave that into the story of how you got into this whole writing deal.
0: So I was working as an actress in L.A., and I thought that that was like my calling. I was really really happy. And Is there a
1: club for that, for people like that in L.A. or what?
0: <laughs> you know, I wish because I could have used some more friends there. I did have a few really close friends who are really into it as well. But it was just so, so emotionally fulfilling for me for a long time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I decided to write a short film purely... So I could star in it during a slow season in L.A. And I put together a group of friends and we're going to make this movie together. And I knew nothing about writing a screenplay Uh or I always enjoyed writing, but I didn't know anything about like the format or what, how many pages it's supposed to be, all of that. I just put this story down and... I was at an audition one day and a producer was there and he said, "Hey, what are you working on? What are all these pages you're staring at?" and yeah. we had a conversation and he asked me for a meeting. He was really interested in the story. And what ended up happening was they optioned the film, which is really exciting.
1: Which means they decided to buy it for the, for the non-LA people, what is optioning? Basically,
0: mean? it's kind <laughs> of like we would like to buy it but it's not for sure. Okay. Got it. <laughs> You're, there's no money involved yet, okay. basically. Um, so all the planning went into process. We were in the direction of money, if you, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. And we were having meetings and it was very exciting, but I started to feel really hollow
2: mm-hmm.
0: and something felt really off. And I realized actually when I was sitting in an acting class, wondering why I was feeling this weird sort of... It was very much like being in a relationship that's over, but you're still in it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I felt like I needed to figure out why I was not invested anymore in acting. Like it was this weird shift. And all the light seemed to go on one night when we did a storytelling exercise. Mm-hmm. And I got up on stage and I just improved a story. And... It struck me then that what I was feeling hollow about was that I had been working on this story for this film and then they took it over. Like they were working on it. I didn't have control of it anymore and I wasn't being fed in that way. And so I literally went home and my boyfriend at the time, my now husband was, I was like, I'm a writer. Oh my God, I'm a writer. Like it was (laughs) that sudden. And I dove in a thousand percent right away. I was not, and I get why not everybody- was this? This was approximately ten years ago. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm just not somebody who can sort of like dabble in a lot of things mm-hmm. i I have multifaceted work that I do, but when I'm really driven for something, i I was never somebody who'd, like waitress and act, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, i I just I really needed to focus on my main thing, which has been both a benefit and a challenge for various reasons. But, once I knew that I was a writer and actually when I called my parents to tell them, they were like, well, we figured like it wasn't surprising to them. I'm like, you could have told me, but it's
1: funny. I, I had the same experience. People were like, duh, you're a writer. And I was like, yeah, no, you don't understand. Like, I just realized that they're like, yeah, you know, we've been watching you run on Facebook all the for like the last year or whatever. You have <laughs> yeah. a, have a has these blogs all the time, you know, like funny? what's your, yeah, it it is funny. and And then there's this kind of like, yeah, yeah. You probably told me, right? And I didn't listen. They're like, yeah, we told you. Like, okay, fine. Because you have to come to it, right? You have (laughs) to, like, come to that
0: decision. And it's such a... Because it's an identity. It's so much more than, like, just a gig.
1: Yeah. It's almost like I knew I was writing stuff, but I didn't realize that I was... Either I had that... you know, I was both good at it and uh, really enthusiastic about it. You know? It just didn't really occur to me because because it doesn't you know when you're when you love something you just assume that's everybody loves it it's like oh like i like avocados so i just assume everybody loves avocados because they're delicious you know (laughs) but oh actually not everybody loves avocados interesting okay and some people like it but some people don't love it like i love it and so yeah i get it Yeah.
0: yeah yeah it was exactly it was exactly that it was it was very illuminating to to realize that and very empowering exciting but then i had to figure out like well if I'm a writer and I need to make money, how can I make money writing? It was not, how can I support the craft? For me, I needed to make money writing. That was very important to me emotionally. So I started by approaching this paper, online webzine that had featured me as an actress. And I noticed they didn't have a health section and I have a background in nutrition. So Mm -hmm. I said, hey, I was wondering, you know, if if I could write a column for free because I need clips. I'm building my writing repertoire. And, They said, sure. So I started with that. And then I took those clips and I started sending them into everything I could find. I went to Craigslist. I Googled. I would, you know, just any anybody who didn't have a writer on staff who needed one. I was just approaching everyone every day. I would just take time and approach. And uh, that led to what turned into a steady first health writing career that became health and sexuality writing. It probably took me three years before it was actually like a a decent income where it wasn't just sort of like trickling in but it gradually grew enough where I could you know pay my bills support myself and and then also support the creative writing that I wanted to do because when you're writing a novel you don't get paid mm-hmm. until later hopefully mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah.
1: that means what you said was true by the way then. oh I good I got an That's A right. That's excellent <laughs> um, What? and you were mostly a columnist at that three year point when you were felt like you were doing it
0: I was actually at that point primarily writing health-related articles for tons of them for Livestrong, a bunch of other websites, a few magazines. There was a college magazine, um, a couple of columns. But for the most part, it was like informational health articles. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And in the meantime, I was also trying to figure out what I want. I took the story that was in the short film that was loosely based on my experience with an eating disorder. And first, I kind of brain vomited out a memoir. And I didn't really want to publish it, not because I was ashamed of it or anything. I just didn't feel like this was the book that needed to be published. Mm-hmm. So I fictionalized it and I turned it into a psych thriller because I've always loved thrillers and because eating disorders are really scary. And I thought it was a really kind of compelling way to show uh, what it's like to experience an eating disorder from the inside.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's my phone that's vibrating. I'm gonna Just hope it stops. Okay. <laughs> no um, worries. <laughs> Yeah, I um, I like that. What what did you find, um, you know, I guess on some level, when we we're like, oh my god, I'm a writer, we're we just kind of we feel it. I mean, it's like a you know, or but like, what is it about writing that you feel like works for you?
0: So many things. It's there's a quote that gets attributed to a bunch of different people. I don't know how how I feel until I write about it. Uh-huh. That's always resonated with me. I. I love the gratification of it. I love the creativity and it feels like something and has always felt like something I could grow personally within. It also was really, really empowering and exciting for me to do something that had nothing to do with uh, physical appearance because I had been modeling for years and years and then I was an actress and even when I was acting, so much of that is Mm appearance-based and I loved the fact that some of my editors, they didn't even know my gender because August is a man's name typically Mm -hmm. and a couple of times I got called a guy and I kind of dug that because it was like nobody's nobody's even thinking about that Mm -hmm. it's such a completely different it's like wow my brain works (laughs) not that I didn't think it did but it definitely was strengthening in that way
1: Mm -hmm. I talked to a ghostwriter who I was with in Bali and interviewed in the show and uh, that was one of the her, something she kind of got off on too, the fact that like no, she. Nobody even knew her name. Like it was like she had an NDA where she couldn't, yeah. she couldn't share it. But she would write, you know, these books that would go on to be bestsellers for <laughs> these uh, fictional, for these authors, but. You know, she would just be completely anonymous. And there was that's something huge. about that that she loved it. She was wow. like, it was really cool. <laughs> oh,
0: that's, I really respect people who can do that. Like take on another persona. Yeah. And then not a lot of people would want the glory. You know, I really respect that. Yeah. She's like, I like being kind of incognito.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was really cool for her. Sure. Um, what got you into writing thrillers? or what you Do you always enjoy reading them? Or
0: Yeah. I, I'm very ADHD. Uh, and as a kid... I it's what I could lock my brain onto the the riveting um, I loved the something about the darkness just drew me to it Uh, and also I've always found them really inspiring because it's people in the most extreme odds usually and who are facing such difficult circumstances and are finding their way through typically Mm -hmm. you know usually there's some sort of story of struggle and triumph and uh, and then I, because anorexia is so dark and one of the things that people asked me a lot because I started doing a lot of speaking when I was recovering from the, from the eating disorder and I would hear from a lot of parents and and boyfriends and loved ones of people who are struggling and they just couldn't get it. Like they couldn't get how it feels. And mm-hmm. even though it's a novel and my goal wasn't to educate, that was not the first goal, mm-hmm. I thought it's kind of a cool potential byproduct you know if Mm -hmm. somebody and i actually have heard from people who've said i was able to share this with somebody and say because there's a sort of a stalker captor character and that is what an eating disorder feels like
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i'm going back to like the that three-year period where you were working full-time writing
0: gradually uh, to full-time yeah like i guess like
1: writing you know uh how how many how much writing were you doing per week would you say
0: there was, at one point, way too much. Um, I, I got really compulsive about it. Um, and I had to actually scale back. But I would say like three years in, I mean, I was writing for like 10 hours a day, which is, oh, wow. I don't recommend. Because what I was doing is I was trying to finish, when, when I say writing, I was also editing, mm-hmm. you know, all yeah, that. The um, process. Here. The process. So I would work on articles for four or five hours a day. And then I would you know, work on my novel, print out pages, take them to the gym where I can read them really well and, and make notes on them and then go home and edit. And I got to a point where it was just way too much and I was, I was not sleeping well. I thought I was really happy because at first there was like this delusional sense of, this high mm-hmm. <laughs> and you feel good because you're getting things done. And I remember at one point though, my editor was like, oh, I think you're rushing a little bit. Like I was just pushing too hard and I had this belief that to be a successful writer, it meant you wrote as much as possible Yeah. and that's not it. And so yeah. at one point I decided I'm going to take a month and actually try to see what happens if I rest a little bit. <laughs> like if I, if I, I was reading this book called something like the rest revolution or something is like 30 days to better sleep. Cause I had really struggled with insomnia for like ever. And so at night when I couldn't sleep, I'd read these books and one of them really struck me because they talked about active rest where you could like rest without actually having to take a nap. Mm-hmm. You know, you could walk around, it's just taking breaks. And I thought if I can take a month and do these things, I was like, I'm not going to make nearly as much money, but I'm going to try this and just see what happens. I can do this for 30 days. And I ended up not only getting much better at sleeping, because I found that if I write it in the evening, not only is the writing not very good, and I have to redo it again anyway, but I don't sleep well. So I started giving myself evenings off, and I still do that. Um... And I actually ended up having. Do
1: you have a cutoff time, or just kind of like a general?
0: I kind of just determine when my brain feels sludgy, yeah. <laughs> which is like late afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Me too.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I'm like six, seven a.m. pretty much until like three, four p.m. But that's with a break to walk the dog, sure. and you know. Yeah, I know that's... I'm much more easygoing about it now.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's important. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, I I found that for myself, and and I think for me, it, from what I'm writing. Almost all of it, um, is not, it's like the quality is essential. I mean, it's like if I, I, if I'm writing, I'm writing for my own blog. And so if I write one amazing post that's better than 20 average posts, Yeah. you know? And so it's like, if I'm not prioritizing my brain and the ability to, to relax and be creative, like, um, just not, you know, what's the point really? And I agree, especially the late at night thing. Yeah. That's, that's a tough one. I, I don't, uh. I don't really work well at all I found too in the morning that it's like I if I'm gonna if I can write in and not turn on those distractions you know if I can go because once I start putting stuff in my brain then it then it gets really ugly you know um I think you know I, I was talking to Michael Ellsberg who was on this show too and he's like he's like I think you know writers we all have these overactive minds and we think that somehow like writing will like <laughs> help us. <laughs> like it's like, like a draining, like a sack of fluid, <laughs> but it's really not. It just makes this whole thing worse. Yeah. <laughs> it's like enables our overactive mind. <laughs> and I can see that, Yeah, you know, a lot of writers have, have, you know, there's a, the, the thoughts are really busy. Yes. You know? And, um, and, and yeah, yeah it's, it's just that we, we have a lot of words. It's, everything shows up as words, you know, which is, which is and I, I, I got a little bit geeky about this recently because I'd always felt, I felt a little bad because in some communities I'm in, it's all like they're all kind of like get out of your head and feel your body and all a sudden I'm like, oh, I just hear his words, and and so I was talking to some friends and and a guy said something once that I liked, which is like you know, that for him, how he looks at it is thoughts and feelings arise together, kind of like salt and pepper. They just sort of go together, And that, um. And that we're more, we, we just tune into one or the other. But it's not that others aren't happening. So if you have people that are like, I'm just feeling all day, I don't have any thoughts. That, like, stuff is happening. They're just, they're just words aren't being formed. Yeah. And for us, it's not that we're not feeling things, although that's arguable sometimes. <laughs> um, it's just that their words are coming with it. And, and so, you know, it seems like we're having a lot of thoughts and we may have we may be having just as many thoughts as the person who is feeling a lot and not quote unquote in their head but we're ex- experiencing the same thing on a on a deeper level.
0: Yeah, I could see that. I, I could see that. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, I feel like I, I never know if I'm thinking in words so much cuz I, I think I'm really visual, but I think that the writer mindset is just we we prefer to express it that way. Like I know it's social media I'm, that's why I like Facebook better because it's all words. Facebook
1: is like a haven for writers. Yeah. It's so unfair too, because people think that who you are on Facebook is who you are in real life, of course. And I just feel like I look really good on Facebook because I'm a good writer. You you must think like people, I think this weird sense of me because like, um, I can, I can express myself better because of the writing skills
0: so they get to know you facebook
1: more yeah
0: yeah it's so funny
1: it'd be like if videos it'd be like if we all got to know each other through through videos yeah like would that really accurately represent somebody
0: (laughs) no that's a good point how
1: comfortable they are on camera like you know and so it's like it's kind of interesting
0: that is interesting i feel like most people I, i meet who i've known online usually they're very much who I think they're going to be but I think it's because a lot of them are writers and they're sharing so much Uh but that every once in a while I meet someone and they're completely not at all what I imagined and it's so interesting to me it's like is that a persona is it just the way they're expressing themselves you know I've Mm -hmm. so many friends who are so much more into Instagram than, than Facebook for example and I'm like it's that's so fascinating to me I would I would much rather put words on Instagram too
1: yeah yeah I, I've talked about this before on the show but I think it's so significant and we probably don't give social media enough credit because it, it it's like this thing that we like to make fun of but um, you know I, I think social media has turned into a wonderful gateway drug for writers especially Facebook and, and even something like Twitter because like you know Twitter is writing in brevity that, that people are doing that for years you know and I think it's really significant to see like oh you know and I notice myself like if I when I write on Facebook there's something about it because I know oh well, it's going to be gone in 3 days and you know people will see it but ultimately it's not around forever and there's all these cool things that are in place that just let me be free and yeah. write whatever I want.
0: You don't have to, if people don't, don't have that expectation of it being perfect or yeah. edited. And they you just
1: assume you're ranting about something, or that yeah. you got something on your mind, and, and that's like the perfect place to come from as a writer, whether you're writing a book or whether you're writing an article, or yeah. whether you're getting paid or not. And so Facebook is this really cool like um, container that 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 allows for creativity kind of by accident, just because it's not. Serious, yeah. but writing you know, writing a 400 word post is totally normal. And you know, it's like I remember the first time I saw on Facebook writing long posts, I was like, Whoa, <laughs> that's <laughs> weird. <laughs> I was used to just What's doing that? like eating apples today, or something, you know, and, but I was like, Oh, and then people like it, like, Oh, interesting. And now, of course, you're writing all sorts of crazy rants and things, but yeah, but yeah, yeah, no, social media is nice.
0: I see it as like a watering hole almost for writers, it's yeah. so. Especially if you're somebody who works from home or remotely all the time or it's just really popping around. You know? Or if you're yeah. really lonely. Yeah. Actually <laughs> like during me. those insomnia days I knew I, I mentioned it's amazing how many writers have insomnia. Like I could in the middle of the night, you know, when I couldn't sleep, and now I do sleep, thank God. But yeah. I they were all awake. Yeah. <laughs> like there's writers awake that's all the time. That's funny. Yeah, all that's all really time.
1: funny. There should be like a little support group and like meets at two AM or something. Like <laughs> yeah. Can't sleep. Uh, Generally, yeah. I, I speaking of not being able to sleep, I, I found this um, I found this podcast which is wonderful. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Sleep with Me.
0: Mm-mm.
1: It's really brilliant. Um, it's it's a guy, and you'll appreciate this too as a podcaster because you know the, the goal of of making podcasts is to keep people's attention, right? It's to be interesting and to say things, you know, like leave open loops and all that kind of stuff. And and this guy does the complete opposite of that on purpose. And so. His name's his name he his name's Drew, but he, he calls himself Dearest Scooter. So he comes on and he'll say, "Hey everybody, uh, uh, it's all your pal uh, Scoots here." Uh, um. And and he he basically like just kind of drones on, and purposefully is boring, but not so boring that you'd tune him out. So he's like kind of engaging but he doesn't make any sense. Oh, that's so bizarre. your brain, it's really cool. You should check it out. So like your brain doesn't really know what to do with it because you kind of want to listen to him because he's somewhat interesting because he's just saying weird, random stuff. But he'll just like start a story and not finish it and then go off on random tangents. And then it's like, and it just confuses your brain and your brain is just finally like, okay, I'm going to sleep. It really it actually really works I, I listen to it. if I can't fall asleep I listen to the podcast
0: is that the purpose to help people fall asleep
1: yeah oh absolutely it is a, it is like a it's like a science to it like he's he doing it, and it's a very popular podcast like he's it's really popular and um, <laughs> so I listen to it if I can't fall asleep and I usually set the sleep timer and I've never set it for more than like 30 minutes I mean like 15 20 15 minutes I'm out That's it's, it really works and and um, yeah it's just like it's, it's, and it's, and it's a classic falling asleep thing where you're like, you don't know why or when you fall asleep. You just know you were listening to this thing and then at some point you're out. Whoa. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's called Sleep, Sleep With Me. It's totally good. Um, <laughs> I mean, and check it out. it's just brilliant. And, and I, I, I'm a real geek. I also really, I listen to like, you know, I listen to a lot of the um, the NPR kind of podcasts where they're like, I don't know, they're just, they're so well done and they're just, there's so much thought and care putting into like and the timing of it and all of their stuff. And, and so to listen to him do his thing is also really cool because like you're actually appreciating that he understands that stuff too, but he's using it in the opposite way. That's fascinating. You know, he's not, he's like, he's not giving you the things that would have you be excited. So, hey, you want to be on the my podcast?
0: My dog wants to say hello. She actually was yeah. on my podcast once because I needed to take her with me to the studio yeah. to not be at home while work on the house is being done. And she jumped up on my lap. <laughs> so... I think microphone love runs yeah. in the family.
1: Maybe she's like a cat. You know, you're like doing something. Cats just like want to be a part of it. You're know? just like, <laughs> exactly. like laying on your computer and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, a good podcast. And especially for some, it's funny. I had other another writer I know that who's, I really can't sleep at all. Um, yeah. Those overactive minds.
0: Yeah. Meditation yeah. also helps a lot. Yeah. It took me a long time to be able to meditate, but I really recommend an app any any app that has guided meditations but the one i use is simply being and it literally started with five minutes Mm -hmm. like who can't do that you know um and that's been huge just having more stillness and just that whole kind of which is a weird word but some sense of balance like i don't even know if it's a a precise balance so much as it is like what we're saying about having a life besides writing (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you know not because we actually do really need i i know i really need people and i really need to have um other outlets because we can be so fulfilled by our writing sometimes i think that we can get reclusive
1: yeah and then and then then the writing starts to suffer because we're not really like i I find myself if i'm not out i mean i i'm just inspired by my life and so if i'm out living and doing interesting things i'm inspired to write more and, and you know yeah it's My fantasy is that I could just go somewhere for like months and just write, but I don't even know if that would really work for me unless I have like a lot to say. Then I'm like, okay, I just need to go put this down. But like mostly it's actually what works for me is just being out in life. And um, although sometimes I find, and this happened I think recently, I was in Colombia in in Medellin, and I was there for like three weeks with Obi actually. We were there doing, doing panel stuff, but he had to go back to LA for like four days. And I spent four days in this like, really nice apartment by myself. I didn't really go out too much for whatever reason. I was just kind of um and and I noticed myself go into that like I was like, oh I was like getting lonely, getting like you know, kind of getting bored, but I let myself kinda of sit with it. And then it kinda of like it forced me to like it kind of forced creativity out of me in a weird way. Like I started actually like getting really inspired to write stuff after I kinda of went through like a day of just feeling crap. You yeah. Know? It was. It was. Yeah, creativity
0: is funny that way. I've gotten much better at letting myself not feel guilty if I don't just am not feeling it on a particular day. I mean, if I'm on deadline, then I, I make myself do it. Yeah. But there were times early on that I would I would really feel guilty if I wasn't writing all the time or at least consistently every day. Yeah. And not anymore. I just because after a while you realize that time and time again, when you, when you do take those breaks, the creativity comes back or when you live your life.
1: Yeah. 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 So, so today you're doing, you're, you're writing full time and describe your writing situation, I guess, currently.
0: So I write from home for a bunch of different publications. Live strong is a big one I write for. I had an article published in Cosmo recently. Um, And I write for a bunch of different brands too. And then I have my blog and I'm working on two book proposals right now. I have one book proposal circulating traditional publishing houses right now. And then I have my two books. So In Her Shadow is the thriller. Mm-hmm. And my most recent is called Embraceable. And that's part memoir, part anthology, part inspiring, empowering facts. Mm-hmm. So every day is a little bit different depending on, you know, deadlines and, and also how I'm feeling. I'm just, I'm not a big... Uh, structure person so mm-hmm. but i I'm a, I'm a daytime writer for sure but i pretty i'm try i try to work like five days a week some days it ends up some weeks end up a little crazier but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i i feel really grateful to to have that freedom and flexibility it, it did take a long time to actually get the ball rolling enough that you know and i also do you know bring an in income from from girl boner as well which is another gradual process <laughs> so mm-hmm. it all works together but um, but yeah, so Girl Boner, I, I post on my blog about once a week and and articles really vary. They tend to kind of come in big. <laughs> it's like feast or famine sometimes mm-hmm. where I'll get literally 10 to 15 assignments within like a week and mm-hmm. then there'll be a couple of weeks or a month where there's not a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And if it's quiet, then I'll pitch myself more often. But because I've been doing this for some time, I get a lot more pitched to me, which is nice.
1: Yeah, yeah. And... For people who aren't as familiar with the professional writing world, um, what's, what could someone expect to get paid for, like an article, and how long would that, how many words, or how does that work?
0: It varies a lot. Uh, the, the very first article I wrote that I got paid for, I got $15, mm-hmm. and I was so excited. I got a paper check for $15. Yeah. Now a lot of places play electronically. and uh, But, so I went from, it really depends on the, the publication, and there are some websites that, for example, I might get a client where I'm writing like a whole batch of articles for them, then, you know, they might pay 75, 100, 150 per article, Mm -hmm. um, or even less, you know, maybe they're really short articles and it's just kind of almost more copy in in an article style. What would
1: a typical length article be? Uh,
0: a lot of the features that I've been writing are kind of in the range of 700 to a thousand words. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, I generally get paid between 300 and 500 for those. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, there's a much bigger one. Uh, the most I've gotten paid for one article was 1500 so far. Mm-hmm. So, and then there are writers who work for high end magazines and, you know, they make a lot more or because they bring a certain kind of expertise. Like the range is really, really huge. Sure. Uh, but, I have found that certain places will pay a little bit more based on experience, Mm -hmm. you know, if you have a lot of great samples. And I actually also worked for a while. I was overseeing the hiring process for nutrition writers for a big company that oversaw like seven different websites that had health articles. And that Mm -hmm. was really interesting because as the person who was taking in all the resumes, uh, writers can learn a lot from that process because I would go through these resumes. A lot of times when you're submitting to a, a... website especially if it seems really um you know like it's not you're not writing to an editor you're actually applying for their website Mm -hmm. you might not think there's a lot of human interaction Mm -hmm. but humans go through these things and you know sometimes there's a system that weeds out certain you know red flags or whatever but you don't need to have this huge resume of amazing articles to get a gig. In my experience, you need to have a lot of passion and you do need to have some experience as far as why this topic, you know, works well and is kind of, quote, in your wheelhouse as they say. Mm -hmm. Um, But now, when I first started, I didn't have a blog. Now, if you even have great content on your blog, you can pitch that to places and and potentially get gigs. What you'd want to make sure that you're doing is if you want to write really you know, scholarly articles and you have, like, really colloquial chit-chat on your blog, sure. you'd yeah. want to have samples. Yeah. So it's important to think about those things.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and most of these places are always doing exclusive content, right? So if you, you couldn't repurpose something, because I've, I've done that a little mm. bit with, with my stuff. I haven't, like, I'll, I sold a batch of articles that I'd already written, you know, to somebody and they repurposed it and that's fine. But.
0: Yeah, the paid ones typically, for me, have been... I didn't You're sell it for, for much. It
1: was like 20 bucks an article or something. Yeah. You know, was like 10 of them, so I was like, all right, whatever.
2: No,
0: that's, yeah. that's great. When it was you more can't for like, I that. was
1: actually just wanting to do guest posting and do publicity. I was wanting to just get people to come back to the blog. And so the fact that I actually got paid for it was a bonus. But yeah.
0: Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. And there's value in repur- repurposing when you can. Um, but I haven't gotten had that opportunity within a paid gig before yeah i'm sure it exists in some places or it may but generally i'm writing for the publication so unless it's an editorial piece where they actually want my opinion you know like just Mm -hmm. write from August's point of view then then i'm i just see myself as provide you know it's it's not like ghost writing it's you're you're writing it as you but it's totally third, third person and it's journalistic and all that so in those cases um I'm out of the picture. Like it's not, you know, so I, the only way that it's ever been offered to me as something I could repurpose was when it was like canceled for some reason. Like there was a magazine I wrote an article for and they ended up losing funding and they went under and they said, you can pitch that article elsewhere. Yeah. So that's often an option. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And have you ever considered, I mean, I don't know what the modern state of magazines publications are, but like doing a like, Ask August thing Or is there like a You know when you do Your own column Which yeah, is you I, Or is that Is that even That probably still exists I guess somewhere <laughs> It you know. does I
0: actually had one For a little while On Good Men Project mm-hmm. That was like It wasn't called Hey August But that's what it would be, You'd be Like hey August yeah. And people would ask me questions And I was doing that It wasn't for pay Yeah um, I would definitely be open To a, a column somewhere It if, feels like a good fit For
1: you at this point Especially with The with the projects you're doing And the yeah. experience, experience
0: Maybe that's a direction I, I could go I'd I'd enjoy it. I really did enjoy answering, I because I answer that's people's really, questions. I feel like that's elsewhere. a really
1: nice. Well, first of all, you're getting like the word count of their questions. So you're like starting with a little <laughs> bit of like, you know, <laughs> head start. Buffer, and then you really like, it's pretty, it seems pretty easy. It's kind of off the top of your head. Like, boom, this is what I would say, you know, and that's, a, I, yeah, I found like answering questions like that are really nice. Like sometimes I'll, when I go on Quora and I'll answer a question, I'm like, and then I start to write, it, I'm like, oh, this is an article. And I make yeah. an article, you know, because it's like, they inspired me to, to think about something that I actually had a really good story around or something. You yeah.
0: Know? Those are great writing prompts, you know, for people who are just looking for One question I hear a lot because I teach workshops on blogging at writer's conferences fairly often. And one of the questions is, what the heck am I going to write about? Like, I'm not going to have any content. I'm How am I going to have that many ideas? I'm going to run out. And yeah. to me, it's like if you're simply writing and living your life, you're going to have too many ideas. Right. And those simple prompts, though, that's a really good kind of tip. Like go on Quora and just find a question, answer it.
1: Right, right. Yeah, it's like, well, you can't write about a hundred things at once. So you don't have to worry about that. Like why, you know, projecting into the future. How am I going to write a hundred articles? Well, you, you can't do that right now. You can only write one. <laughs> exactly. So just have, you have one idea? You have Start one somewhere. Idea. Okay, got it. Yeah, um, What else do you share with people at, these blog, at, a, at a blogging talk at a writer's conference?
0: I talk a lot about building your brand through blogging because for me, blogging, I started doing it because my agent told me it was a smart idea. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And I had written my novel and that was something that was supposed to give me an advantage. And I at first didn't want to do it. I thought, oh, this is going to be extra homework. I was already writing my 10 hours a day. Mm -hmm. Um, I hadn't scaled back yet. And I ended up really enjoying it. Not only that, but Blogging led to Girl Boner, which has become so much of my life, mm-hmm. and it gave me the ability to, you know, nurture an audience before my first book came out. Like, there's all these benefits. So I talk about the the benefits, the potential benefits. I don't think it's for everyone. I'm not somebody right. who thinks like every writer needs a blog,
2: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But I do think that it's very helpful from a a platform standpoint. I think it's really important to to stay authentic too. There are some writers who. Are very private and they don't want to talk about their lives very much. They don't have to, you know. If you're mm-hmm. writing about historical fiction, you could be writing about history. You're probably a history buff if you're doing that, mm-hmm. you know. There's a lot of ways to, and you develop this little niche audience. There's also the beauty of um, writing without an editor. Are, or you are just proofreading it, you yeah. know. There's, it's hopefully. kind of. Hopefully you are. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm sure I have typos all over mine, but, um, but yeah, it's it's nice too cause it's it's almost it's like between social media and the edited article. It's like this middle ground where you can I call it like the the writer's gym. When you switch gears, you go from like I write an article. That's one kind of writing. And then you write a blog post. It's a totally different kind of writing, different mm-hmm. voice, everything. Writing a book is totally different too, and they all benefit each other so if you're somebody who can kind of you know bounce back and forth i feel like one muscle benefits yeah. i like that
1: yeah and it's also really, it is really nice to understand that as a writer we have all these different boxes that we can put stuff in and, and yeah. that's you know it all for me it starts with a thought right you know so it's like okay i have a thought oh that's a tweet oh i have a thought oh that's an article Oh <laughs> a thought well that would be a book You know, and it really is like the thoughts will just go into different categories. And today, and even if you don't have your own blog, like medium is uh, medium.com. I think it's a great place if you're feeling like I have an article I want to write, you know, where do I publish it? Well, I don't want to have to pitch it to Good Men Project or whatever. I can just write it and put it on medium and medium provides a really nice uh, format for that. That's
0: awesome. And that's a great way to have writing samples of something that you're passionate about talking about and writing about that you can then pitch to places if you want to cultivate a freelance career.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you can build a little following on Medium, like people will see, oh, they've got some good stuff. And, um, yeah, I mean, I've heard some people say, oh, you know, I'm I'm just building my whole blogging pr- platform on Medium. And I don't necessarily agree with that, but it shows that there's there's some good stuff there, you know. And yeah. They, and the guy who started was uh, the guy who started Twitter. So he's, oh, you know, nice. Ed Williams I think, but. Um, But yeah, so that's really cool. That is really cool. Um, I want to ask a question that I typically ask at the end of each show. It's almost 40 minutes It's gone by. Wow. It's been quick. Um, So if you could write yourself a note and send it back in time and maybe to the time that uh, after you were like, I'm a writer, oh my God. (laughs) And then you're like, the next day, you're like sitting at your desk, okay, I'm a writer now what do I do or something you know but if you could write to yourself back then and send yourself a note um, what would you say
0: mm, what a great question well I would congratulate her because <laughs> I think that those epiphanies are really important Yeah. you know when we realize what we're passionate about and what we want to stick to I would tell her that she is going to stick to it like this, this is what it feels like it is for you and I would probably just recommend you know take a few breaks you're good <laughs> I, and I, I probably wouldn't listen to that just yeah. because I know me I I needed to come to that realization myself too but I yeah. I might just put a little cautionary note about you know at some point you're going to realize you may even learn how to sleep that might motivate me
1: <laughs> <laughs> you will learn how to sleep someday yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so embraceable is a book that you've written. It's out now. Yeah, it's a nonfiction book, and it's a combination of memoir and some lessons and
0: some anthology. So there's contributed stories as well from yeah. th- which I edited and and kind of helped guide, but they're completely contributed by other writers,
2: uh-huh.
0: ages twenty something to eighty something. Yeah. about sexual empowerment. Yeah. So it covers a lot of different topics, uh, sex work and LGBTQ issues and. Um, being with a partner who had a lot of secret sexual compulsions, um, sex after age 60, there's tons of topics. But I yeah. also share my personal journey of learning to embrace myself and my sexuality and when I was modeling in Paris and that whole thing. So, and then in between each one, because I, a lot of research has gone into my work, but I didn't want it to be a, a, a research heavy read for people. Sure. So, in between each, section there's just some basic information kind of like you know debunked myths and that kind of stuff
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that's the book
0: i wish i could have read when i was like 20. yeah (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah, that's cool yeah i know like we said in the in the show that we did before this just the need for legitimate um education something that is practical useful and also not dry and boring Super important. So I'm really glad you did that.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah.
1: Cool. And so people can check that out on Amazon. I'll put a link to that and the thriller and maybe Grow Up on our blog or other links in the show notes for this episode, which will be at slash zero five eight. And uh, yeah, thanks for sitting down with me.
0: Thanks for having me, Dave.
1: Thanks for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did and you can find more about that episode at darkinthepage.com slash 058 that's where the show notes are they'll also have links to August's books and how to find her links to Girl Owner Radio um, you can get all that stuff there or you can just google it or type it in iTunes, whatever you want and again, you uh, want to reach me gmail.com. Or you can just look me up on Facebook. It's Dave Buddha, Dave B-O-O-D-A. And um, yeah, thanks for supporting the show. Um, Thanks for your emails and encouragement and lots of things. And I am looking forward to more. Darken the page very soon, working on that. And uh, yeah, that's where we're at. So until I see you next time, go make great art.